welcome to the An African Conquering the World podcast at AACW Podcast on Instagram. I hope you're following and you're liking our posts to help us build a community. This is episode 25 of 54. Like we said at the beginning, one episode every week for a year. Even if in the past few few um, weeks I've not we've not been as consistent as we used to be, uh, this is typically because of how how much um, how much of pressure we have from all, um, the work we're doing. But uh, of course, this we, we figure out a way to ensure that that doesn't stop us from chatting together for twenty minutes every Friday. So, anyways, thanks for 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 listening. Thanks for listening. In. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for for your time. Um, today, I'm going to talk about something that um, happened a couple of, maybe two years ago, just before the pandemic. I was invited to give a lecture in California. Um, that was my second time also in California. Um, and I had to go to a part of California that I, I mean, when you hear about California as a non-California, you just typically think that you're going to Los Angeles. But I stopped in Los Angeles and had to, I think, drive for a couple of hours, four to six hours or so, to get to Santa Barbara, to give a lecture at Santa Barbara. And I had not not been that uh, disappointed by the scale of a city in a long time. Santa Barbara is a very low city. It's very well talked about, especially because of the fact that a lot of rich actors live in the hills of Santa Barbara. But when I got there, it was an absolute, I wouldn't want to call it a disaster, but yeah, it was an absolute disaster because I, in scale, it was, it was a, it was like a tin cup city. It was like a, a teacup city, sorry. It was like something that came out of a model set. Nothing over three floors, nothing up to three floors, really nothing over two. Um, but a lot of noise about how beautiful and picturesque the place was. So I spent the, the nights I had to spend in, in the city uh, preparing my lectures and just trying to study the environment, discussing with students and lecturers, etc. And I realized I was looking at a phenomenon that we, we see, but we don't know how to put in words. It's the same phenomenon in a place like Qatar, for instance, or Dubai. So it's the phenomenon of museum cities. So you see, some cities are designed not for the living, but they are designed as vessels of, I don't like the word vanity, but vessels of, yeah, vanity, that, that kind of show off an idea of life that is long gone and almost non-attainable or not useful in the present milieu. Now, Santa Barbara was one of those cities. It was a museum city. It, it, it had, it had new buildings that were built as if they were built by the Spanish invaders of America, etc. Um, and it, 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 it really, it really bothered my mind. And so then, then I started to ask questions to myself. Which is usual for me. I'd ask questions when I'm bothered with things like this. And I started to ask questions in my, in my mind. I started to ask, 
aren't there some objects in, in this life as we're living that because of the new technologies that are available i'm not saying that these technologies are so new that we should throw a party for them but the new technologies of the world have have made certain ways of living certain ideas of of habitation certain certain objects certain ways of seeing the world obsolete my fear is the, is the fact that we hold on to that all those obsolete those obsolete ideas as though they were things that once they change the world itself would not exist and that's how that's what that, 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 that was the the main thing that i got from santa barbara and so I, I, i've been all that all this while i've also I've also been trying to understand where we are as a people not just africans but i mean globally where we are as a people and why a couple of things that we don't use are still in existence and instead of being washed away they are they get more expensive every year for instance tea cups and um, tea jugs and all the, that form of crockery that uh, our parents used to use all their monies to buy and save in large boxes and it was a status symbol it was something that the typical african mother of of the of, of the middle and upper middle classes and sometimes of more of, of, of higher classes too would collect and store and store for a day of a great party in her home that party will never come um, most of them would die and leave these plates and and embroidered teacups and embroidered jugs and white porcelain um, uh, things that, that would never be used. They weren't being used in the 50s, 60s and 70s regularly and they're not being used now. Maybe then they were used but they come from an ancient tradition um, that doesn't really make any sense today. I mean, in South Africa, I, I, I visit constantly um, a restaurant called Morgan Bean in Santon Mall. Uh, I go there to write, I go there to, to just sketch, I go there to just kind of, um, just to, just to be, because I mean, sometimes you need, you need space to, to reminisce when you're having lunch. And at, at, at Morgan Bean, when I take coffee, for instance, I take coffee in a mug. The mug has no saucer. Sometimes I, um, I ask for a coaster to put the coffee on so I don't stain the table. But the, the mug is, not, is never white. It's, the mug has become also a thing that is used as branding by the restaurant. So, uh, it gets missing, etc. You carry the restaurant's name with you. So every time you have a mug and bean mug, you know it's a mug and bean mug. And so you see also that um, the Morgan Bean uses the mugs as an advertisement. So there's personalization of things like as small as mugs. But the teacup as the teacup, as a cup for drinking tea or anything with the saucer and the propriety, the propriety of placing the saucer at a certain side, the, the, your teaspoon at a certain side of the saucer and lifting your teacup in a certain way are over and done with. For instance, I, I'm, I'm a tea drinker. 
and I can drink tea five, six, seven, eight times a day. I used to be a coffee drinker, but um, coffee stopped working for me. So I'm a tea drinker. I drink, I drink tea a lot, and I don't drink tea with a mug. I drink tea in in a flask. So um, there's no use for a teacup that costs X amount of money. Uh, so so you can you can imagine so if you if you if you for instance look at, at several other things in life you see that we're duplicating functions of a lot of things for instance you have a computer an iPad or a tablet or uh, and you you get your news off the internet but you have a 95 inch TV that um, you took on higher purchase that you're paying for that you really don't use. Um, and because you don't use your TV and you make a TV room on the ground floor of your house, for instance, you never sit in the TV room, you sit in another part of the house. So it means that that TV itself and the room that it's made for the TV, the excitement is over. Perhaps a TV should become less formalized and therefore we liberate that room for another function, for instance. So once you start to look at these things, and this comes from a simple understanding of how a city like, for instance, Santa Barbara has a lot of useless parts that need to be thrown to a scrap heap so that you can free that city for real urbanism and architecture for the 21st century. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things like that. And, 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 and that, 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 simp- that, 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 those questions, those, those kind of thoughts also quickly force one to ask a question. I, I've been known for saying that architecture in 21st century and in Africa especially and in urban areas must be a citizen. We must be able to ask architecture what does your building do? Your architects, what does your building do? Your architecture, what do you do? And what do you contribute to social growth? So I had also already started to ask myself, perhaps we should not, we should stop thinking that architecture is this static thing that comes from the combination of pure forms in our mind and start to ask ourselves just like how for instance Greta has been asking environmental questions and um, the girl from Pakistan has been asking social questions um, and um, the Me Too movement is asking uh, questions about decency between men and women. Perhaps it's time that architecture itself must be asked questions and I'll get my understanding architecture must be asked fundamental questions questions of community questions of energy questions of its function not in the sense of space but in the sense of what it contributes to the city and it's not about materiality and oh it's a cultural building so it, no 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 um, those days of making artsy fancy buildings are done we need to be able to ask our architecture What's your real value? And if we can ask architecture these pressing questions, like I said, things like community, things like does architecture have to be photogenic? Things like um, how does architecture contribute to producing energy? Um, We need to ask, we need to stop asking architects questions and start asking architecture itself questions. By doing this, we are going to find that the assumptions of making architecture, that architecture, for instance, is an art, in that sense of the word, those assumptions will not be challenged in a bad way, but they'll be a challenge that opens up new questions. Because uh, since time immemorial, 
just like city planning architecture runs around circles pursuing the same questions oh um should it have a courtyard how does it open out to the, to the environment does it have to open out to the environment things little things like that architecture as a, as, a, as a form of thinking runs around these same questions that just changes the tone of which the questions are asked every generation or so or so and, and therefore you have the same thing happening and repeating itself so architecture has turned to kind of fashion but i can see in my mind clearly that architecture can be much more than that we can have an architecture that is much more um, the questions that we have to ask architecture are the same questions that greta is asking the environment the same question that the pakistani lady is asking on social issues the same questions that the me too movement is asking the same questions that the black black power movement is asking we have to ask architecture those kind of questions not the exact questions but those kind of questions so that we can find the actual use of architecture in the city and we can turn our cities from artsy places into places that create for us and enhance the environment and therefore our lives this the same thing can be said of asking art um, for instance art for instance like painting asking it questions because those questions are essential for us to know what direction art should go what can be classified as art and what shouldn't be classified as art um, for instance art should make us see things a little bit better see things a little bit clearly clearly uh, so we must ask the question how can this happen but i digress it seems like a lot of us have have imbibed in, in, in our in our in our mind this need to make museum cities and therefore um as architects we become the purveyors and makers simply of museum cities that are quite photogenic but once the surface is scratched the photogenic nature of the of the building fades away and doesn't provide anything else but just a pretty picture for Instagram. And I think that if we go back to our traditional architecture and understand why and how it's the way it is, and the fact that you have the same functional behavior across board in several different buildings that are built in the same with the same kind of ideology the same environmental performance from um, environmental behavior and the same general performative behavior of the buildings if you understand that way of making things and i believe that we would make an architecture that is cheaper more interesting better for the environment and make our lives even better thank you for listening and um you have a nice weekend. This is an African Conquering the World podcast. Um, please follow us on Instagram at AACW Podcast and also like and comment so that we can grow the following on Instagram. Thank you very much. Have a blessed weekend. <laughs>